2: and I'm Becky the Doula. Throughout this crazy year, we have supported many couples preparing to birth and become parents during a pandemic. We wanted to share our top tips on this subject with you in the hope that it may help anyone else going through the same thing right now. If you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Acast and follow us over on Instagram. So pop the kettle on, pour yourself a cuppa, get comfy and enjoy this week's episode of Notes from the Mother Box. Before we get started, it's important to say that guidelines are different from trust to trust. So it's definitely worth checking with your own hospital trust for up-to-date info on COVID restrictions when making your plans. But rest assured that hospitals are doing all they can to keep things as normal as possible for you whilst keeping you and your baby safe. So let's jump in with a top 10. Leckie, number one my number one has got to be prepare, 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 prepare. And I know that this feels like it's been a little bit trickier this year without having, say, for example, face-to-face classes. But there has still been so much good information, both freely available and put out there by birth workers and courses that you can pay for to attend. There's been hypnobirthing online courses. There's been yoga classes for pregnant women. There's been antenatal courses, fourth trimester courses. We run one of those ourselves recently, didn't we, Becky, that went down really 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 well. So there's lots and lots of resources online that make it very possible for you to put some planning and preparation in. And just a note, we always put so much energy into thinking about our birth and birth, and that is absolutely important, but birth will play out the way that birth plays out. And we sort of meet it in the middle. I think it's very important to have an A B and C plan. Becky, we talk about this all the time. You always talk yep. it through with your doula clients and I mention it um, with my antenatal couples. So having an idea as to what elements of your ideal birth you would bring into really a multitude of different ways that birth could play out on the day. Um, and so I think that's very important. But the other thing that you and I always bang on about is having a bit of a plan and a structure for what you want for your healing postnatal period. So really putting a bit of energy into the six to 12 weeks at the very, very least following um, the birth of your baby and your healing, you're adjusting to parenthood, who's going to be there, who's going to be able to offer support, how How are you going to manage, you know, rest and really look after yourself well. Um, many cultures do it so, so much better than we do but I think with a bit of forward planning you might not be able to have 40 days of lying in perhaps like some cultures do, but you certainly could bring lovely key elements into your postnatal recovery and restoration after you've had your baby.
3: Number two, I would say would be to pack carefully, just in case you're having to go in on your own to start with. You know, Obviously, some of the restrictions mean that you might have to go in ahead of your partner, so you don't want to be trying to carry too much stuff. Uh, There's loads of what to pack on your birth bag lists online, so we won't go into that. But just some of the top things are to remember super soft and easy to get in and out of. Your partner might not be able to stay with you for very long on postnatal ward, so you want something that you can kind of Mm -hmm. Chuck on quickly while you've got one hand on the baby and you're not trying to navigate straps and buckles and all sorts. Think about your snacks. You're probably going to have to eat one-handed, so things that are quick and easy. Um, If you're somebody that likes hot food, like I do when I'm feeling a bit under the weather, I don't really like bars. I prefer hot Mm. food, so pot noodles are brilliant. And I mean, personally, the lunch of kings, you can get them advice to just top them up with hot water. But just think something that you can eat super easy, one handed while you've got a baby on the boob. And then the other top tip would be to take an extra long phone charger or, you know, um, iPad charger because you don't want to be getting in and out of bed and you want your phone plugged in um, constantly and take some earplugs because your baby might be asleep. It might be a perfect chance for you to get some rest, but somebody else's baby might be crying. So Definitely. Yeah, packs absolutely. And plugs. That's
2: something that always comes back, isn't it? That you're in a bay of th- yeah. three other women and your baby's finally fallen asleep, and it's exactly the moment someone else starts whistling. So that's, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah really good advice. I would say pack a pong. Becky, you know, I love my essential oils and I use I them frequently. I use them. I've used them obviously through my births, um, but also just in life in general. And specifically the one that we always go to is our lavender flannel. I know lavender is not for everyone, but we absolutely love it. And it's really great when it comes to birthing because it's sort of a natural sedative. It can help with uh, sickness and it's a natural pain relieving essential oil. It's a beautiful oil. Obviously with any essential oils, just be careful. And if you know that you have any allergies to any of them or they make you feel unwell when you use them, stop immediately. But tapping into some natural essential oils can be really lovely. And actually, even if you don't take your own ones in with you to the hospital or perhaps even if you don't have them with you at a home birth, you may find that the midwife who is looking after you will have a little stock of their own either um, in the hospital or the midwife led unit or perhaps if they're coming to to see you for a home birth. Our other um, absolute favorite oils are black pepper, which is a beautiful oil used in massage. Um, Again, naturally pain relieving oil, one of my absolute favourites. Lower back massage, the black pepper's gorgeous. Sweet orange for uplifting, levelling mood, um, really refreshing. So it can be quite lovely if you just need to bring a bit of energy back into the room again. And frankincense, which is my go-to essential oil for transitioning. So when you get to the point where you're going into being fully dilated, the, the you feel a change in sensation, you might feel a bit more pressure um, and you're in that last hurdle for this baby coming. Actually, frankincense is a lovely one. Just one drop in the centre of your hand, rub your hands together and some lovely, deep, beautiful breaths can be really useful at that point. Okay.
3: So point number four, I think would be to get your tech sorted. I'm not very good with technology, so it makes me quite anxious. So if you're taking an iPad, if you've got like an extra birth partner that you want in the room, but they can't physically be with you because of restrictions, you can have them on Zoom or you know whatever kind of thing you're using, but get it sorted beforehand. You don't want to be trying to work it out while you're in labor. And it's a really nice idea. Again, if you have to go in a bit early, you can keep in touch with friends and family um, by having your phone or an iPad with, you again, extra long charger and learn how it works before you get there.
2: Absolutely, we're always laughing at how bad we are with technology, aren't so we? awful, we're very good with vaginas, <laughs> rubbish with computers. <laughs> It's so true. Um, My number five is get creative. So get creative basically is about spending a little bit of time focusing on your birth and the postnatal period and putting together a mood book. If you have the chance to do this, it's a lovely idea. And we've seen many women do it over the years. And that's to say, especially if you're going into the hospital and you're not going to, um, you know, have all of your home surroundings with you and, you're trying to create that sort of home from home ambience, and you've got this lovely mood book full of photographs, l- wonderful holidays that you've taken. um You know, f- pictures of friends and you having a laugh. Times in the past where you really had those proper laugh out loud moments. That, the photographs is going to get those endorphins, your pleasure hormones just thriving when it comes to your birthing. Because that does happen,
3: like, doesn't it? When you look yeah. at a photo, you get that like oh feeling. That's what you yeah, want, totally.
2: do really really nostalgic lovely you know any pictures that you have perhaps scan pictures of your baby you're about to meet, if you've got any other children, some little photos of them in there, whatever, doesn't matter. It's just a book full of feel good pictures, memories, postcards, whatever it's going to be. And the other thing that you can take in with you to the hospital that can be a really lovely idea is some positive affirmations, whether you've bought a ready-made pack of them, or you've decided to sit down and think about how you want to feel about birthing and the postnatal period. And so you've written your own out and stuck them around the room when when you've arrived there just so that the space suddenly becomes the the, basically the workings of your inner most positive dialogue when it comes to your birth and the postnatal period so get creative and get that mood book and those affirmations going I like it. Do you know
3: I was at a birth once, and um, the birth partner had got the mum's friends to record her little kind of like you've got this messages, and so it was oh, really lovely. sweet doing doing the labour. There was a bit where she was like, I can't do it, and he started playing, and she he'd got mm. her best friends to go, go on, girl, you can do it, you've got this, and it oh, was really so sweet, fantastic. actually. Yeah,
2: so you know you can get as creative as you want with these things. It's and it's nice. a little bit like also, um, and we have it in our book about the birth letters. Yeah. So also getting friends to write messages for you, for your partner or the midwife to read out to you during your maybe yeah. some of the tougher moments that you might come across during your birthing where you just need a bit of a boost from the people who know and love you the best.
3: I love it. Can you imagine pushing and i be, come on, X,
0: come on, focus. <laughs> <laughs>
3: post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Next it would be to build your tribe early, especially during the pandemic when all the kind of mummy groups or mum to be groups are not face to face and there aren't quite as many available. They are they are sort of starting up again, mm-hmm. but obviously it's it's sporadic, isn't it? They're up and down. Yeah. So build your tribe early and, and do it. You can use apps like Peanut, you can use online. So one of my ladies recently put a thing on Facebook and said, you know, mum to be seeking other mum to be friends in local area. And she was inundated because there yeah. you can bet your bottom dollar there are lots of women out there feeling exactly like you, wanting someone to just go for a cup of tea and a walk with. So yeah. start I've heard this connecting. a lot actually
2: recently. Yeah, yeah.
3: start connecting early because then you've got a lovely group of women around you for, for that postnatal where mm. maybe you won't have the energy to kind of reach out and you'll be a yeah. bit tired. And so yeah, get get some people
2: around you as much as you can, I think. I think that's really good advice. And like we said, you know, things are changing. And, you know, we may be in a a different time when these babies arrive that you're having. But I think Becky's absolutely right. Reaching out, looking at what's available locally. And even if it's just meeting for a coffee and a walk around the park, just seeing another human being who's perhaps in the same time as you having a baby as well honestly can, can lift your mood and make you feel like you're part of a community. I think it's very, very important. Yeah, definitely. My number seven is don't rush in. Now we talk about this all the time, even outside of a pandemic, but I think it's even more important now when a lot of birthing people are concerned about partners, not being able to be there for the duration necessarily. Now, there's no firm on this and no concrete. What we're finding is hospitals all do things ever so slightly differently. But what we do know is the longer you can stay at home, the better. Your home is your nest. It's your environment. It's it's very likely to be, again, where your oxytocin, where your endorphins are able to thrive as much as possible. Hopefully your adrenaline will keep as low as it possibly can be. And That is not to say that we don't want you to get reassurance and we don't want you to feel connected to the midwives or the staff that you're working with and and reach out if you're feeling worried or you just need to let them know what's going on you can pick up the phone, have a chat with them. Birthing partners, just to say it's not midwives being mean, but they do always ask to speak to birthing mum-to-be and they will have a chat and say, you know, what's going on. And really what we'll be doing is having a listen into how often those surges are coming, how long they're lasting for, how intense they seem to be from how you sound over the phone. And it's not a fine science, but it gives us a really good idea because we're quite used to speaking to birthing people. So I would say, give them a ring. Don't grab all your stuff and rush in too early because obviously you can stay together in the early stages at home and hopefully if you rest as much as possible and really conserve your energy it will stand you in very good stead for later on uh, down the line of your birth nice Okay, so the next point is, remember,
3: we've got you. I think that a lot of my clients, and I think you've had the same Lex, are quite Mm -hmm. worried that it will be weird, and it will be scary, and that everybody will be really, really busy. And actually, it's sort of almost the opposite, isn't it? I think labor ward actually seems to be a bit calmer. Remember that we've all had sort of nine months to get used to this mm-hmm. now so we're fully used to being in PPE and we've learned to smile with our eyes took a couple of months just looked like I had crazy eyes to start with <laughs> <laughs> well we've learned to you know wink and you know yeah. speak to you through our masks so actually it doesn't feel weird it feels quite normal and you'll be amazed at how relaxed everybody is so yeah really don't worry about that and one of the nice things that we're hearing and you know out of like like always out mm. of scary stuff comes good stuff is that actually the postnatal ward is a much friendlier more open chatty place at the moment and yeah. so usually when you have your partners with you For a long period of time, lots of women have their curtains closed and it's very shut off. And what we're hearing is that actually curtains are open. Women are talking and helping each other and sharing. And one of my midwife clients came for a massage recently and she said she had to go in and ask them all to keep it down because they were all having such a laugh. And they um, they had I think they had they were bringing a new mum in who was a bit, you know, tired and they were like, just keep it down, ladies." So she said, yeah, it was like a like a dorm room.
2: (laughs) And I'm hearing similar things, Becky. And I know that, you know, people listening will think, oh, but it's not ideal that they can't stay with me for the the whole time in the postnatal period. But exactly the same as I'm hearing. And I think I mentioned this to you the other day. A few of my midwife colleagues, friends in London were saying how um, it felt like women were experiencing their postnatal discomfort less than they had wow. been outside of pandemic because I think there was no rush and there wasn't people coming in that were distracting them. They were yeah. able to ask if they felt the niggles of some discomfort coming on and get the support they needed earlier on so that they were kept nicely comfortable um, in those day or two, you know, depending on how their births had, had played out afterwards. And actually, it's just little silver linings like that, just little yeah. things that we're just holding on to at the moment as to, um, you know, women women saying, all. Oh, yeah, it, it's interesting that they felt like they had more time with the midwife, perhaps because there wasn't so so much distraction going on with people coming and going and meeting these lovely babies. And of course, they will still get to meet them. It's just definitely in a different. And way. And I think
3: it's important to say as well, press your buzzer. You know, the buzzer mm. is there to call a midwife, and I think we have a you know because of our very. Do what we're told kind of mentality. We don't like to bother people, Mm. do we? But more so than ever, we expect you to bother us. Press the buzzer, call call us in. You know, we want to to look after you.
2: So so yeah, I think maybe the other thing is to say, don't be afraid to ask for help because absolutely. Maybe- I actually remember when I had my second baby, I was on the postnatal ward for twenty four hours after because she's a little bit premature, so they needed to keep an eye open, um, just check her every four hours or so. I remember the lady next to me had had a cesarean section; she'd had twins, and I heard her in the nighttime, I think the midwife was with somebody else, and I heard her sort of um, she pressed her buzzer and she was she was shushing the baby, but the baby was in the crib, and I I sort of you know, went, knock, knock, because they can't knock on a curtain. And I said, (laughs) hello, I said, do you need any help? And she was so lovely. and She said, oh yeah, she just wanted to grab the baby and give them a fee, but I think the midwife's busy. Anyway, I popped in and I went... I'll help you. And by the way, I'm a midwife as well, but I've just had a baby. <laughs> so I kind of like ended up being, I and I was small and happy because it's that sort of camaraderie, isn't it? It's like, you know, I, I'm here yeah. and unless I'm snoozing and you can hear me snoring, please just say, hello, Can you help me sort of grab the baby? So I think that that's, uh, yeah. that's important too. just having people around you. Absolutely. I love this idea. Number nine, pretend it's all normal. So, this is one that we've talked about a bit, (laughs) Becky, recently, which is just. We have. Yeah, we've been talking about this because it's come up with a few of the ladies I've taught and some of your clients that they've gone in with this mindset that basically they're taking themselves off on like a mini break. And this is specifically if they're going in for for some reason in earlier labour where they haven't got partners with them, whether it be for some special circumstances health wise, monitor the baby a bit longer, inductions, all sorts of different reasons. But you had a lady with a funny story, didn't you, about imagining that she was going on a hotel break by herself what did she say yeah totally she said I'm just going to treat it like a spa
3: break so I've bought a waffle dressing gown some fluffy slippers and a really expensive toy like mini toiletry bag you know like travel kit Mm. thing and she put it in she set it all out in the mini bathroom and she said she's got kids so she was like it was just a really nice break and actually I just treated it like I was going to a hotel for the night I was like brilliant fake it till you make it
2: probably the first time in a while she'd actually been apart from her kids and had a little bit of time to herself as well. And I taught a lady who said that she went in for her induction and she took in kinder bars because they're her absolute favourite. And she'd loaded up Mary Berry cook shows because she finds it so sort of like the good life and wholesome and lovely and calming. And her partner came in for his one or two hour slot that they had at that particular hospital. And they went for a little walk around the block and stopped and had a drink at the local pub. So she didn't have an alcoholic (laughs) one, actually. He had a beer apparently, and she had a little you know something fizzy but um they, she said actually that there was su- some lovely moments in um a situation that she had been prior to that a little bit concerned about so definitely just changing nice. changing reframing it and changing it up a little bit I think
3: definitely definitely And then I guess number 10 is uh, we're in it together. So one of the things that I am hearing, which is brilliant, because Lex, you and I Mm. spend so much time trying to get women to slow down, be intentionally slow in the Mm. postnatal period. And it's really hard because there's a bit of a kind of showing up response. And what we're hearing now is that more people are finding it very easy Mm. to stay home, to rest. One of my clients was laughing and she said, the thing is, I get terrible FOMO, Mm. but no one's doing anything. So Mm. actually, I don't mind staying in and being on the sofa with the baby. And I'm actually really enjoying it. So I think, you know, when it feels hard, sometimes think that actually lots and lots of people are doing this together. And we're we're all in, you know, we're all kind of muddling our way Mm. through. But to really take that time and enjoy it. And I think the yeah. other thing is that partners are around. If you've got a partner with you then they're around a little bit more. So you can have your naps and maybe hand them over during their breaks or lunch breaks and really kind of make the most of this this time because actually this is quite abnormal to have mm. someone around quite so much, isn't it? So yeah,
2: absolutely. And obviously for those who, you know, don't have partners at home who perhaps are out of the house working, just making mm. sure that once their leave is over, that you are, you know, tapping into a bit of a support bubble and you're still having people come in where possible. Um, and obviously that that's for you to decide so that you are also getting that rest because it's so important afterwards. But like Becky was saying, you know, the amount of women that said to us, it's really interesting how they've had to be it's been completely with intention because it has to be that there isn't so much traffic of people coming and going. And that Mm. slow first couple of weeks has been really very positive for their healing and their adjustment to being a parent. Thanks so much for joining us. And we really hope this episode has made you feel a little bit more reassured. If you enjoyed this episode and want to know
3: more about the work that we do, look out for our books, The Little Book of Self-Care for New Mums and The Little Book of Self-Care for Mums-to-Be, where we talk further about birth, parenthood, relationships
2: and much more. Do let us know what you thought over on our Instagram and please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. See you next time on Notes from the Mother
1: Box.